Hey, hey, and welcome to a brand new episode of Straight Up Show Podcast. I am your host, Calvin. Joined with Brandon and welcome back, Lee, today. How you guys doing today? It's all good. Hey, hey, how's it going, guys? It's going good. All right, Lee. We missed you last episode, but, man, I hope you were able to hear it and, you know, you learned something from it. But definitely miss you. And happy late birthday to Lee. I mean, I hope you had a good birthday, Lee. Right, yeah. Happy birthday. Late birthday. Belated birthday. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. Uh, my my power went out during my birthday. That was that was fun. It was it was super hot, but I had cake, so it worked out. Oh yeah, the cake can make up for everything. You know, bad day, but as long as you get that cake, and I don't I don't eat dairy, so but the cake, oh man, can't beat it. Well, it All gave right. you a reason to get out. Yeah, unless it was made at home, but you know, who knows? Right. But well, we we're glad that you're back with us. We missed you so. Uh, I hope all y'all are staying safe right now because I mean I know that if you are not in America right now, uh, the cases are not going down; they're going up. Uh, so much so that uh, and we're talking about COVID, of course, but uh, so much so that a lot of states, I know my state included, uh, is considering shutting down again. I, I don't know about y'all in Louisiana. We all are, but it is, uh, it's getting crazy out there. I know personally myself, I started feeling uh, symptomatic at temperature and I started freaking out. Like, and it, 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 what they don't tell you on TV is that uh, it takes about almost two hours to get seen. Uh, you have to, if you want to get free testing, it's not always free. <laughs> uh, I went to the place and I had to pay a, a, a service fee. And I was like, well, you're, it's false advertisement. You're, your website says free, but now I have to wait. I, I still haven't gotten my results at the time of this recording, but I know some people are waiting uh, maybe 10 days or maybe two weeks just to get their recording. So just imagine they, them still going out around other people, you know? So, I mean, I, I understand how this can affect people financially and especially mentally. Cause I know I've kind of been depressed being at home, uh, but it, this thing is, at this time, guys, I don't know. I don't see any end in sight of this virus. I mean, I do, but it's you. You gotta just be patient, and and people just need to do what they need to do. I I really don't understand too much of like the a lot of it is just freaking entitlement of not liking change, which I understand. I understand you don't like change, but like uh, this is serious, you know. The people that are frustrated about money, you know, mm. uh, I got to be honest, you know, m- money in the life, you know, I- I've heard people say they will take money over life. You know, I've heard I people know. say that, you know, and it's kind of heartless. You know, that's pretty sad to say. I don't I, I wouldn't uh, dare think about doing that at all. I mean, my life is more valuable than money because you can't take it with you. Uh, speaking of money, I mean, a lot of people are traveling a lot lately, man. Or it's cheaper to travel now. But one place y'all can't go is Europe. Uh, uh, the, uh, the European Union and the EU, uh, for short, which is consisting of, I think, almost 37 European countries. I could be wrong. Um, more, more than 10 countries in Europe. And they're, they are actually banning Americans from entering the, the European Union and, and Europe, basically. Yeah, I, I don't blame them. <laughs> <laughs> I don't blame him. We got a lot going on over here. And 
we do have a lot going on over here in Europe is not seeing so many cases right now. They're actually uh, at the time of this recording, they're lifting their uh, stay at home orders. But part of that stay at home order is to not have Americans uh, on there. But you know what? I'm, that makes me mad. Don't you can't. I'm going to be like the people who don't want to wear a mask right now. You can't tell me what I can do. The hell they can. No, they cannot. <laughs> they they yeah. can't tell me. Well, I, you know what? Forget this. You know what? Guess what? We're about to go to Europe. We're going to Europe right now. Y'all want to go with me? Let's go. Let's go. Because I'm curious. I'm curious about how people in Europe are dealing with COVID. And, and, and they, they've been protesting, too, about the things going on in America. So I want to get their opinion about what's going on in Europe and how they look at us right now. So I, I think really the best way. How are we going to get to Europe? You know what? I'm going to have my friend with me right now. He's a special friend. We've mentioned him on our show before. So if you don't mind, special friend, SpongeBob, tell us how we're going to go to Europe. We're going to use our what? Imagination. What? Imagination. That's right. We're going to use our imagination, SpongeBob. Thank you so much, SpongeBob. So uh, we have a lot coming up on the show. We're going to talk to some of our friends in Europe. Make sure you stay tuned because it's going to be a crazy ride. All right, so we're going to travel to France now. And uh, somebody that I know from a mutual friend, a good friend of mine, uh, his cousin, and she lives in France. So I wanted you all to welcome, help welcome Lena all the way in France. Lena, how are you doing today? Hey, I'm doing fine. And you? I'm doing, I'm doing well, too. Just, you know, uh, here in America, a lot of people are staying at home. So I'm not for sure how it is in France. Uh, in France, it's uh, it's better than uh, before because um, now we are not in quarantine anymore, so um, we can go out, etc. Well, it's kind of like that here too, and a lot of people are not happy about it. But uh, we're gonna get to some questions. I'm not gonna keep you too long, but uh, so I'm I'm very I'm very I'm very oblivious and shocked that a lot of people in France uh, know as good as English as you do. Because I mean, because I'm in America, I never travel outside of America, so. A lot of stuff I'm ignorant about and don't understand, but I'm just really curious, you know, uh, how did you learn English? Um, I learned English uh, with um, with school, of course, because um, English is uh, like uh, um, the only language you cannot um, choose. Like uh, it's uh, like uh, you have no choice uh, to learn English. It's, uh, it's required. Yes, it's a required, and um, then you you can choose um, German language or Spanish, and um, so yeah, I, uh, I started with uh, English and then German, and um, I I improved my English with um, an option, uh, well, an option um, named the uh, European section for uh, like two years. It's like. Uh, uh, two hours um, a bonus uh, for uh, to learn English, like uh, Friday from three to to five p.m. Uh, I have uh, more English than other uh, students, and uh, yeah, I learned with uh, Netflix too and YouTube videos, etc. Wow, 
like I and so many people that I know that are not from like that, that don't know English. A lot of them said that you know YouTube has helped them out with English, so that's pretty amazing to hear. Yes, and um, unfortunately, a lot of French people uh, don't learn very well uh, English. I don't know why, but uh, but uh, some people uh, can't learn uh, English uh, very well. <laughs> and hey, I'm I'm from Louisiana, so. My English is not that well too, so I mean it's okay. We, <laughs> we 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 have we have no judgment here at all. But Lena, yeah. definitely want to thank you so much for coming on the show. And uh, you know, I talked to you outside the show, and you you just graduated high school, and we've had a, a an American student on our show who just graduated high school too. And you all are going through the COVID, and so now you're in college, so. How is that different, just not being able to go to the the, the campus or go to physical uh, camp school since COVID's going on? Um, it was very weird because um, we haven't seen uh, our teachers. We didn't even say goodbye to them. So, yeah, it was kind of weird. And uh, we had our exam coming, our final exams. So it was really, really strange because um, we we weren't uh, we weren't uh, prepared to um, to to our exam, so it was weird, and um, uh, we didn't know what to do. Uh, like um, our teachers didn't know what to do. Uh, we were lost too because um, yeah, it was like uh, okay, one day you'll go to school, the next day you won't be. Uh, at school anymore and uh, you will have to to pass some exams uh, by your own but you don't know how is it gonna be um, when you will pass them and uh, everything so it was really uh, stressful for uh, for the students and uh, also for um, for the teachers because uh, they didn't have uh, any information for the for from the government so yeah and that's I can't even imagine because uh, just not getting the extra help that you may need for an exam and having that pressure mm -hmm. just to pass the school and you did it. So we definitely want to congratulate you on uh, going through all those years. But I can see how it is to go through all those years of school and just have an end at home. So uh, mm -hmm. I say that uh, the class of 2020, uh, you all are definitely uh, you. You all are strong i give you that you're very strong and but because <laughs> yes. because i know me i would have been happy to stay at home <laughs> and not go to school mm -hmm. because i was yes. uh i was uh, uh average like a c plus i don't know how the grading scale is there but i was like an average student so i didn't really i wasn't really smart uh oh, academic okay. academically but uh so <laughs> definitely definitely kudos and congratulations to you and uh looking Thank forward you. to it uh now uh, we're talking about the whole COVID and how the world is going uh, crazy mm -hmm. right now. And um, are people, I know that you are out of quarantine right now, but when it happened, were, were people in France just getting upset and mad because they had to stay at home? Or? Um, yes, actually, it was kind of weird because we react all different. Uh, yes, we, we, and we were, um, when uh, the government told us to stay at home, 
um, they were like some people were happy about it because uh, they stay at home and uh, they don't have school for example and uh, others were like uh, what what is going on and uh, for how long how many time uh, how much time um, it was really weird because um, some people in general were um, pretty calm like um, they we didn't know what uh, how many time it it will take to go out again but um people uh, get used to the idea of uh, stay at home and etc and uh, yeah it uh, it went uh, fine at the end so and like we're able to you were you were able to use stuff like zoom and like uh facebook and stuff to keep in touch with your friends and stuff right Yes, and uh, with our teachers too, because we had to continue school during quarantine, and uh, it was pretty difficult at the beginning. But uh, after, uh, when you get used to it, uh, it's uh, okay. Okay, well, I, I'm not gonna lie. Like, just I'm just very proud that uh, you know so many people like you were able to adjust and you know just to just keep a common balance there. Okay, so Lena. Uh, I, I want to ask you, I'm pretty sure that uh, you watch a lot of American uh, stuff and you hear about the craziness going on in America. One thing is something that's going on about police brutality and the unfair treatment of certain uh, cultures in America. Uh, are, and I know that people are protesting globally. Are they, are they protesting there in France as well? Yes, um, not like uh, in America because um, it's more peaceful, you know. And um, yeah, more quiet and calm. But um, the thing is that uh, when the protesting happened in uh, in your country, uh, it came uh, back to us. Like uh, everybody, um, every black people or white people who thought a lot about uh, racism, um, they thought, okay, um, we're gonna keep your voice keep our voice uh, up and um, and uh, say what is what is racism and um, they started protesting too but um, it wasn't that violent uh, as in uh, america mm -hmm. and that's that's uh that's great to hear that people are trying to unite and just trying to end racism all across the globe especially in france and um okay lena and you said that something like that kind of I mean, it's being it's being viewed differently in TV, but then as it is on the actual streets of protesting. But you said that it's not as violent in America. I just want to I just want to say, do you do, what do you think about America uh, in general? Not just because of the protesting, but what are your thoughts about America in general? Um, actually, when I was a kid, um, I really thought uh, that uh, America was like. Uh, like uh, the heaven <laughs> like really because um you know you are you are so this country is so powerful and um and giant and yeah you know big uh, you have uh, so many brands and uh, your culture is so, is so important in france and in every country i think it's uh, it's a very very uh big thing and um, when I grew up I started to notice some bad things uh, like um, environmental things um, for example uh, yeah 
uh, in France, we try to change ecology things because um, we want a, a, a healthier planet, you know. And uh, I think it's in America, it's not the same thing. Like uh, you don't uh, have the same uh, point of view, no standpoint of uh, about that. And um, that's kind of um, worrying me. And uh, sometimes I'm kind of mad because I think it's very, very important for the future. And um, I think um, in America, you don't have this, uh, this standpoint. And uh, I think it's really, really important. So, yeah. But um, the culture and uh, every stuff like that and the series, I love uh, American series, American movies, um, food. <laughs> I love American food too. But uh, yeah, some points that are not uh, really good. And uh, for example, police right here and um, racism stuff um, in your country, it's just, it's insane. Like really insane. If it's happened to f in France, it wouldn't be like that because... Um, in France, we have not, we are not as racist as uh, in uh, in America. I think, I mean, um, with um, gunshot, etc. Like uh, when you use fire, uh, fire in um, in uh, the USA, it's really bad uh, with racism and in general too. Like I don't uh, agree with uh, with uh, firearms. Yeah. And that's, that's, uh, that's, thank you for telling me that. Cause that's, that's one of the main, main reasons why people are protesting because of uh, the use of a deadly weapon to get justice or to apprehend somebody. But enough about all that for right now. I just want to get your uh, point of view, but I want to go back to this whole American food thing. What kind of, what kind of American food do you love? <laughs> burgers, <laughs> first burgers. And um, I love pancakes too. <laughs> But they have uh, they have they have crepes and uh, croissants there, right? Yes, the croissants. I and, love uh, croissants. And <laughs> I, was, uh, let me, I got this off of a, a TV show, Omelette du Fromage. <laughs> Did I Are say we, it right? Uh, Omelette. Omelette du Fromage. Ah, Omelette au Fromage. Yeah. <laughs> yes, Omelette au Fromage. Yes. I know that... what, is, what this is, yes. <laughs> it's good. It's really good. <laughs> I can tell you that. <laughs> so I, I probably shouldn't uh, go to France because I probably like the food. Uh, the big misconception is the whole French fry thing. Oh, you have French fries. <laughs> and like, is, yeah, that a, is that a big thing there? Or? Um, it's a normal thing there. Like, uh, yeah, it's normal. <laughs> We prefer uh, croissant and uh, macaron. I don't know if you if yeah. you heard about uh, that. It's yeah, really, my, really good too. <laughs> yeah, my mom's a, a pastry chef, and so I know what those are big time. Oh, yeah. that's great. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so I know that you have family in the United States, in America. Uh, do they ever want you to come visit them in America? Yes, yes, they uh they told me uh, several times to come here and uh, I'm planning to, but uh, for now, yeah, I, I have my studies right, uh, right here and uh, after I will come, uh, I will come uh, for sure visit uh, USA and uh, of course my family. 
Well, you should definitely visit your family in Louisiana because uh, that's more of a French type style of culture that you probably would be comfortable with, especially in down south Louisiana because they speak French too. Uh, so, and we're 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 up in North Louisiana, so it's more of a Spanish. But uh, definitely, we should visit. I know that your 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 cousin is a very very good friend of mine. So I want to thank him and you for lending your voices today and. For letting for him introducing me to you, so uh, thank you. So uh, before I let you go, Lena, what's what's something that people? Why, why should people love France? Mm, that's a good question. Um, I think first of all because of food, <laughs> because we um, all French people love food actually, and uh, we have very very good uh, dishes and pastry and uh, etc. Um, I think that um, uh, landscape too, because of land landscape for sure. Because uh, we have a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot of uh, different landscapes like uh, mountains and uh, also the sea, and uh, you can see a lot of uh, different um, house. Uh, for example, in my uh, region, um, we have uh, very very specific uh, houses with. Um, with a really particular uh, uh, decoration. And uh, if you go to the south of France, it's not the same at all. So yes, you have uh, a lot of things to do. And uh, we have Paris too, <laughs> and um, Marseille, very, very big city. And um, uh, it's very different uh, when, you, when you go to a city from uh, another. So, I mean, definitely, and if I ever go to France, um, I don't think I want to go visit Paris because that's kind of like with everybody else. Oh, we have to go to Paris. I want to see something more than Paris. I want to see like the beauty and the, like you said, the the land, my, or the, the, the uh, no, I can't talk English now. <laughs> One moment. <laughs> uh, so, but when I go, when I, when I go to France, I want to see something besides the Eiffel Tower and and Paris because that's what everybody goes to and so I want to see what else France has to offer and uh, definitely learning a lot more about y'all your culture in France so and like I said I think that this is you learning English and uh, dipping your toe in German that is amazing just to just to embrace other people's cultures and that's kind of what we want to do on the show is to embrace others cultures and stuff that you talk about that you see in America about the racism and stuff like that, maybe uh, that can end if we learn to embrace each other's cultures. Lena, I want to thank you so much for coming on the show and maybe one day you can come back on the show, right? Yes, why not? <laughs> <laughs> All right, Lena, well, thank you so much and we hope to hear from you soon. Thank you. <laughs> Okay, so this next story is something that's very dear to me. Uh, a very good friend of mine is joining the show. Uh, she is our, uh, my family's foreign, uh, former foreign exchange student, and uh, I've grown to be so close to her. She's like my sister now. Uh, please welcome uh, Julia. How are you doing today, Julia? Hi, I'm good. It's currently almost 11 p.m. in Ukraine, but the time difference is great, so... 
Yeah. 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 I'm sorry. I know that you're back in Ukraine now because you actually were uh, here in America, right? Yep. I just got back like a week ago from Louisiana. Yeah. And so uh, Julia is a, uh, like I said, a good friend of mine, like a good friend of our families, uh, just, you know, all around smart and intelligent young lady. And I'm so glad that I know her, not just because uh, she was our foreign exchange student, but uh, just an incredible talent. And Julia, your story uh, is one that a lot of people, a lot of foreigners uh, would love to experience. And just that, um, just kind of tell us, you know, how was uh, the uh, foreign exchange program for you when you came to America? Um, so, yeah, just to provide the context of um, my relations with the United States. Um, so when I was in uh, 10th grade, so my junior year in school, I um, got through this competition, which is called FLEX, um, Future Leaders Exchange Program. Basically, if you make it through three rounds of competition in English, this is like all in Ukraine. If you make it through three rounds and you become a finalist, you get to travel to the United States and stay there for a year and live in American family, go to American high school, experience like the other culture and continent. So I got lucky and I got this opportunity to go. I was placed to go to Louisiana. Um, you don't you don't choose where to go because they sort of like they pay for you. So you don't you don't have much choice in that. Um, but yeah, I got to go to Louisiana. I got a place with Calvin's sister and her host family, which was a completely new eye opening experience for me. Um, and yeah, I, I was lucky to go to the South to like one of those States that not a lot of people actually hear about outside of the States, because when people imagine the U S here in Ukraine, they think about California or they think about New York and I'm like, uh, no, there's so much more there and there's so much more like a variety of cultures and languages and just like customs all around the U S. Um, so after a year there in the United States, I came back to Ukraine. I finished my school, my high school here. And then I applied and luckily I get into NYU, but to the campus in Abu Dhabi, which is in the Middle East. So NYU has like three main campuses, um, Shanghai, New York, obviously, and Abu Dhabi. And Abu Dhabi is really generous because they provide full, full financial aid to students like me, who otherwise wouldn't be able to afford this type of like high class American education. Um, and yeah, right now I'm a rising senior at NYU Abu Dhabi. I was supposed to be in New York this spring, the spring of, 2000, uh, of 2020. Um, and I was there for two months until uh, everybody knows what happened, COVID happened. And um, unfortunately, NYU had to kick us out from the dorms because um, COVID spreads in the dorms like the best, obviously, we transitioned to remote education. Um, and I just had nowhere to go because Ukraine at that time already closed their borders. Um, so uh, my coordinator, um, uh, Mr. Steve, he was kind enough to invite me and to host me for three months overdue uh, of my semester in the United States. Um, so uh, it's kind of like it was a nice homecoming for me to go back to Louisiana after four years of not being there. 
Um, so yeah, I've grown so much now to like the United States and to be like feeling like there is a part of uh, me and like my another family is there. Um, so yeah, that's my short story. Yeah, and that's and, and that's an incredible story. And um, you know, you've experienced so much culture uh, just in these four years. And well, at the time, I think you were sixteen when you came, right? Uh, I think when uh, fifteen. I left 15. when I was. Mm-hmm. Yeah, fifteen. And so you you've seen so much, you know, and uh, in these years that you you know you've been in the United States, and you know it seems like every time you come here, something uh, culturally happens. But uh, let's just rewind right quick and go back to the Flex program, and uh, mm-hmm. definitely uh, big shout outs to Steve and uh, the coordinator and my sister who all uh, you know ahead of this stuff and uh, and you, that work with you throughout this whole and not just you but other foreigners uh, students who come to America. But let just I asked my other guest, um, just tell us, you know, you speak English so well. And, you know, and to me, does anybody that, that, that English is not their first language? I mean, I just want to know, how did you pick up uh, English so well? <laughs> well, you know the story. But um, so, yeah, I, I'm from a small town in Ukraine. Um, it's not even a town. It's more like a village. Um, and obviously English education in more like a rural areas in Ukraine and other pro-Soviet countries is not that good. Um, unfortunately, I had to hire like an external tutor and work with her throughout like from eighth grade up until I left to the United States um, and sort of like catch up everything that I didn't get to learn throughout my um primary and middle school but my main motivation at that time when like you sort of you in the middle school you don't know uh, why do you need to learn these things and people tell you like oh you have to learn English but I'm like why like I'm fine speaking Ukrainian because I didn't get to travel back then and I didn't know how much like how how much it exposes you to the world in general but the only motivation for me was to understand Justin Bieber because I had the biggest crush on him of my entire life when I was, <laughs> I think, from 13 to 16 for sure. Uh, that was like I was leading like Ukrainian community of his fans here in Ukraine. Like we had like a website, a blog, and everything. So I was really, really crazy, and I was translating different articles about him, his interviews. Uh, going back and forth between English and Ukrainian. It really helped me because I was listening a lot to him speaking. Uh, I was listening a lot to other people in his like team speaking. Um, and that like really, really helped me to catch up um, to my peers, for example, in Kiev in the capital of Ukraine who had like really high level of English because in their schools, the education was just better. And and then there's nothing wrong with that. I mean, even our uh, our previous guest said that she watched YouTube videos uh, just to learn English too, American sitcoms and American movies. So, uh, you know, that's that's a, a great way to learn English. You know, I'm pretty sure that can be a great way for somebody to learn Ukrainian or uh, learn French. But uh, just to continue this whole, I know that it's, it's so long ago, and we, we we've all been, you know, uh, you know, adolescents and. We all just been young, so I mean, it's okay to re- revisit these stories. But um, mm-hmm. just the whole Justin Bieber thing—like you, you came to America, you basically were the American high school teenager in America. I mean, that's that's so. What, what's the one thing about high school that you just 
that you didn't that you didn't experience in Ukraine that you experienced in America that I know that football games is a big thing for you, but what's something else that you remember uh, about American high school? Well, I think it's a, a lot of it is like um, relationship between like teacher and uh, a student, because in Ukraine, unfortunately, it's still a very hierarchical and your teacher is still like a boss and you just should listen to a boss and never like question him or her. Um, and in the US, I noticed that a lot of, some teacher, teachers are more strict than others, obviously, but still a lot of them are very, very friendly, very open. They're like always there for you. They're always ready to support you, listen, just like casually, I don't know, talk to you about their lives, days. Like I remember teaching teachers showing pictures of their dogs to us, like the first day of class. And I'm like, wow, this type of like connection never happens back home. Um, and what was amazing about like my Justin Bieber story that actually I couldn't afford a ticket to go to his concert because like my allowance was really, really small when I was an exchange student and the ticket itself like costed more than $200. Um, so my Spanish teacher at that time is Garrett. I met with her when I was here uh, in Louisiana recently. She was kind enough to sort of like organize and talk to my other teachers. So they all chipped in to my uh, Justin Bieber ticket because she was able to understand how important it was to me to see him. And right now, like for me, like the memory of that is not even Bieber or like seeing him in concert. Like that was fun and great for being a teenager. But just the fact that like an adult, like a teacher could really understand the, the importance of this teenage dream, sort of, and emphasize with it and being able to help, like that was like wonderful and will always like stay in my memory. Yeah, and just to culminate, just to, you know, learn all that the English, just to come to America, like, listen guys, just to compete, to come to America, uh, just to experience high school life as in a, in a, as a teenager, and then you know the the one motivation that got you to America or to, to actually encourage you to learn English was Justin Bieber, and it culminated yep. uh, right before you left. I think it was a month before you left uh, America. I think maybe a month before you left, or maybe a couple of weeks before you left. You got to see Justin Bieber in concert. Yeah, like months before I left. Yeah. And I just remember, uh, not to embarrass you, but I mean, you're like my little sister, so I have to embarrass you, but just remember seeing your face when you found out that you were going. Uh, I couldn't believe it. I couldn't believe it. That, until until this day, and this is just me being off script, and uh, to this day, that, that made me feel good inside to see that someone like you came to our country and you were seeing, you know, your dream come true. I mean, we take so much stuff for granted here in America, but just like I said, you're from a village and you competed to come to America just to learn uh, different cultures and just to take just a year of that and just to see it all come together when you ending uh, to go see Justin Bieber in concert. Uh, so that that made me feel so good inside. Personally, it made me feel good just to take you there. Now, I, I want to tell you this, Julia. I love you, but just being next to all the moms at the concert, that was uncomfortable. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> I, I, I probably was the only guy at that concert yeah well yeah there was a lot of people i'm glad that, the, that you got to experience that and uh we're gonna have a little bit more of julia so uh stay tuned just give me one second we'll be right back guys
so we're still here with Julia. Uh, Julia has an amazing story, very bright and intelligent young lady. Uh, so Julia said that she came back to America because she's at NYU. Uh, and you were, you were supposed to go, you were in New York two months. I'm pretty sure you had a blast in New York, definitely compared to uh, Louisiana. Styles in New York, that's my new crush. What New York is? Was it, was it New York, New York or? No, yeah, it was in New York, it was in Manhattan, yeah. Oh wow, I'm still jealous. I haven't even been there. So, uh, but you you were in New York for two months, and then uh, you know, sadly, Corona happened. Uh, COVID nineteen uh, not just affected uh, affected um, America, but I mean globally, this thing was going everywhere, and it still is uh, at the time of this recording. Uh, so you went back to Louisiana, um, just and then not just COVID that happened. Like then you see the deaths of uh, George Floyd and uh, mm -hmm. Rayshard Brooks and uh, and then Breonna Taylor, just all these different things going on all at the same time. Like you know, you you come to back to America and you're seeing all these different things. Like I just want to get your take of all this stuff that's happening and you see all these protests and these civil civil injustices. Uh, I just want to get your take and what you see and what you're learning. What what, what you learned when you were here. Well, I guess it's it's kind it's kind of hard to like re uh, like remember all of my feelings what I was feeling when I was there because right now I'm here in Ukraine and it's again I feel like I'm sort of like far away, but when you're there you like realize oh my gosh this is all like real and then that's everything's happening and you don't know what the hell is like going on around, um, but yeah I think. Coming back to Louisiana, I knew already that I've changed a lot as a person. I um, developed or changed my views on a lot of things throughout like college because I was exposed to this type of like education. I was exposed to different conversations like NYU Abu Dhabi is one of the most international universities in the world. We have 115 countries represented. So. I had the privilege of actually having people from all around the world, all around like corners of the world, sitting in with me in, inside the classroom and discussing all of the social and political issues. And you can see how much just the views and things that we're taught back home in our own countries change from around the world. And when you have such a global view already, when you get, got to travel, as I did, and then you go to Louisiana and you start again, maybe meeting some people who actually don't realize that there is a world outside the US, but sometimes they don't even realize the diversity inside the US. And they don't realize that the US is made of uh, immigrants, it's made of black people, it's made of Latinos, and it's made of all of this amazing people who come here and work there like hardest show their hardest work and uh, still not getting treated as they deserve um, and for some reason people just cannot grasp that the US um, has a very complex history with uh, racism and with injustices and it's okay to recognize the history and to sort of revisit it and discuss and seeing this clash that happened between sort of like Black Lives Matter movement and all lives matter, all lives matter made me really upset because I really couldn't understand why people 
decided that there is a need to sort of silence the movement of Black Lives Matter and start saying that all lives matter. I heard this like great analogy saying like we have corona right now and we all sort of like as the world we're focused on getting rid of this thing because it's really hurting the world. So you can understand the same with racism as we have corona. Uh, this movement actually got to say this is enough. We, we have to start dealing um, against this thing, getting rid of it. But if we're dealing against corona, why then other scientists, people, and doctors are not saying, well, flu matters, well, other like cancer matters, like HIV, why do you suddenly care about corona? Like, no, because this is ridiculous and this is absurd. Um, but for some reason, people are not able to draw those type of like parallels and analogies. So for me, it was difficult to uh, be, I think, not be in New York, because I can imagine how in New York it's like, I would be like around this like movement and seeing it firsthand happening. Um, in Louisiana, everything was quiet. I didn't hear much people discussing it, but also on um, my side, like I've always been monitoring how the US are, is portrayed in international media and how especially US is portrayed in Ukrainian media. So I was looking into how um, Ukrainian media sort of like reports on the death of George Floyd and on, on Black Lives Matter movement. And just reading the comments um, on Facebook under those like articles of one of the most like famous media outlets in Ukraine made me really upset, devastated and disappointed in my country as well, because I actually realized like, yes, Ukraine is a very homogeneous country and we don't talk about racism or we don't even think about racism or we're not even taught about this in schools. Um, and I, you would think that people at least would recognize their uh, lack of knowledge or say that like, yeah, I don't understand this issue. So I'm going to read more and like check my sort of like privilege of just not knowing those kind of problems in the world. But no, people who probably have never even interacted with people of different race, um, unfortunately had such strong and disappointing views on the events in the US. Um, at that time in Ukraine, we also had the case of very brutal police violence when a woman was raped inside um, a police de department station. Um, and I was sort of like really, really devastated from both sides because this is what's happening in the US when innocent people get killed by the law enforcement and police. Uh, and this is what's happening in, the, in Ukraine. And it's sort of, yes, it's different context, different sort of like precedent, but it's very similar issues. Yet people are not able to connect those two and say like, okay, like here are people in the US protesting, maybe in Ukraine, we also need to get up and protest against police brutality. Instead of that, people just decided to take the easy part and be like, oh yeah, we don't understand that, we don't support that, why are they even protesting? US is great, US is amazing. Unfortunately, a lot of people back home still idealize US and they think that it's this perfect country without any problems with super strong economy and very strong political system. Um, and uh, that's mainly because even in Ukraine, in my uh, high school, I was taught very white American history. Like, yes, we, talk, we talked about racism, but very, very briefly. Um, 
talked about slavery very briefly, but it was mostly about industrial revolution, Great Depression, and then how it was building up. We never ever talked about Native Americans and what happened with them when the British colonies came and when the U.S. became it growing, started growing around. We never talked about how um, just slave trade really enriched Europe and other countries all around. So um, I can understand why people do not possess the type of knowledge back home. But it really amazes me that they were not even willing to possess the, the same type of knowledge. But at the same time, like I know I'm being hard on also like my people and Ukrainians, uh, because you can see the same thing in Americans and some Americans, unfortunately, although they live inside the, that country and you'd think that they will, they would at least be more interested in the history and discussing the history of their own land. Um, so yeah, that's sort of brief. I went on two different directions. Sorry. No, no, it's just you're fine. You're basically you answered a lot, like maybe three questions I was going to ask you. So mm -hmm. that's that's perfectly fine, and you said it so well. I mean that that's exactly uh, how it is. I mean you you actually educated me on some stuff I didn't even know about. So uh, thank you so much for just just embracing all this, and I and I just want to just understand because you said that you know a lot of people can't relate to. A race that they're not familiar with and when you like you said when you came to louisiana uh you well came to america you wasn't expecting to go to louisiana and then mm -hmm. uh then to be placed with a all-black family i mean that probably was a bigger culture shock uh than anything here it is you are ukrainian you're being placed with a and not to just get my personal business out there but my, my sister who was a single mom and just mm -hmm with two kids and you're just like, man, like, what did I get myself, not really get, get myself into, not as a shock, but it was probably not the ideal American family that you were expecting. Well, yeah, when you're, when you probably grow up in Ukraine, watching all of those very typical Hollywood US movies, you think about American family as this middle-class white, um, American family living in very like pretty suburbia, having a Labrador dog, something like that. Um, but when I got my placement, I realized where I'm going, and that that's completely different like culture. I sort of like yeah, it it freaked me out for a second. But even back then, thinking like when I was 15, I was like asking myself why are you like scared or uncomfortable what is, what is it making you is it just because you've never been exposed to this culture or you've never been taught about it or you you haven't interacted with people who have different skin color than you so i was able to have this like intern, internal conversation with myself and whenever i would have any like prejudice coming to my mind I would really question it and asking where it's coming from. And a lot of the times it was based absolutely on nothing, uh, either on my ignorance or, or on very selective um, history that I was taught in school or I wasn't taught in school. So I really try to come with an open mind and I'm really, really grateful that I was placed where I was, that I got to live and experience African-American host family. 
um, because your family or your extended family, like your aunts and everyone, they taught me so much. They taught me this history about um, slavery, about the ramifications of it after it was abolished, about how uh, the civil rights movement and how generation, their generations of ancestors were treated and fighting for the equal rights. Um, and that was like very eye-opening. I just remember sitting in the kitchen at your grandma's house and talking um, about all of this and about different like problems also within um, Black communities uh, and within how like the families are raised and everything like that. So it was really, really, really amazing for me to just learn and listen and interact with people that I have like haven't met before. So I, I consider this like one of the best educating experiences for myself as well. And I'm really, really grateful for it because it impacted uh, the way I now treat everyone else that I meet from different culture or different different part of the world that I haven't met before. And I try to always check my own uh, privilege and prejudice and everything that I've been taught or not about this or that. Yeah. And and and, and trust me, you, you definitely have impacted uh, us and especially my niece and nephew who you were like a big sister to, you know, I, I, uh, not to keep putting your personal business out there, but you don't have like a brother or sister of your own. So it's just like, you know, wow, you get these two little kids that <laughs> you have to just get on your nerves and just to see the, that's typically how it is. What you went through, that's how it is to be a big sister. Trust me, it, it's, it's that annoying, and, but they can, you can love them and hate them at the same time. Now, it is amazing as well, yeah. I, I had a crash course on how it is to have siblings because I don't have siblings on my own. It's like, but they, they definitely love you and you give impact in our whole family. And like I said, just want to thank you. And, I'm, and I'll tell you a little joke. I know this is like a thing, and especially in black culture, but you definitely got to experience the struggle. Because <laughs> it's, 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 not, it's not always, uh, you know, sunshine over there, but... You, we, you, you were fed, <laughs> but uh, and you were educated. So that's kind of how it is, is just got to make do what you have. And so uh, definitely you learn a lot and you've impacted us. And I'm glad that even if it, if it, if it, if even it just takes one person like you just to, you know, flip the narrative and say, hey, this is not how it is. I've been through this before. I've experienced this for a full year and I've traveled to different countries and you know just we have to check our privilege and uh, ego and ignorance at the door because that's mm -hmm. how the, the world can overcome this is by understanding each other and experiencing uh, each other's cultures which is what we're going to get into in the next block kind of talk about the Ukraine uh, uh, culture and I want to get your your thoughts on that here in a second. What's up everybody, Brandon here with Straight Up. We want you to be mindful of the importance of wearing a mask out in public. We know it's uncomfortable, but believe it or not, you are saving a life. This virus has hit our community hard and scientists are still looking for a vaccine. So wash your hands, practice social distancing, and most importantly, wear a damn mask. All right, we're back with Julia. Julia, once again, thank you for being on the show. Uh, enough, enough of all the politics and all the different, you know, sad stuff. Let's talk about your home country, Ukraine, or as most Americans would say, the Ukraine. 
which no, I found, which that, that really hurts me. <laughs> yeah, I knew I knew you were coming for me. I knew you were coming for me. So just edu educate us about that and how that's a big pet peeve. So whenever I first of all, I was hoping that after the impeachment, you said no politics, but I'm sorry. Um, after the impeachment scandal, Americans will eventually learn that it's Ukraine because there are so much on the media people saying Ukraine, 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 although some people were still saying the Ukraine even on public national TV, but whatever. So basically when you say the Ukraine, you refer to a former Soviet Republic of Ukraine. You don't talk, you don't say the country of Ukraine. Um, why is this important? Because of history as well like we don't want to be associated and th thought of as this still um a part of soviet soviet um, union uh but just like think about it as like you don't say the spain you don't say uh the france you just say france spain the same way you say ukraine you say the netherlands because it's like the united states because it's like multiple, you know, provinces and regions. You say um, the UK because the United Kingdom, it's also different kingdoms. Um, you say the United Arab Emirates, where I study because it's different Emirates. So yeah, but it, if it's one country, you just say the name of the country. Um, so please, please. And also Kiev, the capital, first of all, it's pronounced Kyiv in Ukrainian and it's spelled um k-y-i-i-v it's not spelled k-i-e-v as most people know that's a wrong spelling that refers to a russian way of saying it and we as ukrainians have been trying to get rid of it for a while now because if you spell it and transliterate it from ukrainian which is our national language um it would be kyiv and it would be k-y-i-v so yeah <laughs> wow thank you you know i didn't even know i really thought it was k-i-e-v wow i didn't even wow it, thank you it's thank technically you. like still like widely used unfortunately but mm -hmm. more and more countries and even in the u.s like for example new york times switched to proper uh, name of kiev kiev um i think facebook recently as well so we're trying to make the change it's sort of like it's it's as we call it in, in Ukraine, it's decolonizing your language, basically. So we try to decolonize it from Russia. Okay, got it. And I definitely understand that portion of it. Uh, There's some words here in English that we, in American English, that we try to get rid of too. And uh, most people know what I'm talking about. So, um, so Ukraine, not the Ukraine, Ukraine, uh, mm -hmm. from what I've seen and from like just even uh we i think i facetimed you or skyped you when you were back home but are you, well i would just see you talking to your mom back home and oh man i said even your village is to me beautiful i mean because i come from not much but just seeing the country itself is beautiful and um mm -hmm. just and didn't uh, if i'm not mistaken you actually i know it's politics but you actually met uh a, a u.s official right uh yeah i met quite a few by now uh, but when I was in, on Flex, I met uh, John McCain, rest in peace. Rest in peace, uh, yeah. In the Senate building, yeah. Wow, but that was, how was that? That was amazing because um, 
I think that still was at the time when, for me, Republican Party was associating with something positive in a sense as some somebody uh, like a body in the U.S. government that really cared about my country, which is Ukraine, <laughs> again, uh, because Republican Party has been a great supporter of Ukraine and their fight against Russia, and especially John McCain was one of the biggest advocates in the Senate and in the party uh, against Putin and against Kremlin's wrongdoings around Europe. Um, so I was just, I was at this like seminar, like one week program in DC from my flex exchange program. Um, and we had one day to just go around the US, just Capitol Hill and see all the buildings around. Um, so I went to see the Senate building. I think I was meeting with somebody. Um, I was meeting with a, a assistant of a congressman from Bill Cassidy from Louisiana. I, I still remember it. Um, that was an interesting experience, an interesting conversation. We also got to talk a bit about the politics and about Ukrainian-US relations. Uh, but when I was exiting the building and I was going somewhere else, I remember seeing this senior man walking with an assistant who was like younger and she was carrying like a big portrait of Ukrainian uh, political prisoner at that time in Russia. And I was like, oh my gosh, like I don't know who this is, like, although his face is really familiar to me, but he's definitely has something to do with Ukraine. So uh, should I say something? Should I not say something? Uh, but then in the end, I was like, okay, this might be your like only chance in, in life. Like when, when else are you going to be in Capitol Hill in freaking like United States of America? So I was like, um, he was just passing by me and I was like, uh, oh, hi, I just want to let you know that I'm from Ukraine and I'm really grateful for your support for my country. That's all. He briefly said thank you because you could see that he was in the rush uh, running somewhere. And I just was like, okay, that was good, nice enough. Uh, and then we sort of like separated. I'm, I started walking one way, he's another. But then I hear his assistant running behind me and she comes to me and she's like, Senator McCain would like to talk to you. And I was like, holy, this is... Uh, Senator McCain, this is the same <laughs> that has been on TV around like Ukraine all the time, like right. everything. I, like that was just such a great honor. So, like of course, our our conversation was pretty brief because he was like in the rush for actually a briefing with his committee about the situation with the political prisons in Ukrainian political prisons in Russia, um, and. Uh, he just like asked me about my country, where I was from, asked me my name. So we, it was, it was a very nice and sweet interaction. So of course, like seeing him mm -hmm. passing away was really hurtful I, for me. Yeah, because yeah. it's sort of like he was the last person who actually really, really cared, I think, from that party about my country, wow. not only about their own self-interest. So yeah and i can see how that that now in today's time how that could be a little different but like i said i know we keep going back into it but no more politics we're going to talk oh. about U ukraine uh we're going to make it you know fun now and i know that one thing that you 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 definitely actually last night i was going through my uh my, my closet and i kept all your stuff from ukraine like i still have your flowers and stuff 
Uh, I still have your your newspaper articles. I still have your flag and I still have the, the uh, candy and bir uh, birthday card you gave me. So uh, you you brought Ukraine to Louisiana big time. And uh, so what's something that people don't know about Ukraine that you think they would like? And just kind of tell us a little bit more about uh, something that people would love and enjoy, especially the food. Gosh, um, I think, so the dish that Americans mostly know under the name pierogi, which is, or which are those dumplings, uh, is called vareniki in Ukrainian. And it's also Ukrainian national dish, not only Polish. So we're sort of like sharing that. And it's sort of like um, dumplings that you boil or you like cook in some other ways and you stuff them with either meat, cabbage, potatoes. Sometimes you make them with cherries as a dessert and they're wonderful. It's like the best thing in the world. Like I love them so much. Um, so borscht is our national beetroot soup. Um, takes very long to cook, but it's really, really good. I know that not everybody might, might like it, but it's really nice. Myself Ukraine, included. <laughs> Ukrainian is, uh, uh, Ukraine is actually the biggest country in Europe, if you don't count um, Russian part, because it's not like Russia is not, is mostly in Asia, not in Europe. So territorially, Ukraine is the biggest. And um, we also, we're also like pretty yeah pretty nice and green and like yeah i know we have like the soviet architecture that looks sometimes gray and depressing but there are so many beautiful places to travel around ukraine that i even haven't gotten to see yet which is kind of embarrassing um that i hope to go because we have like canyons um we have a small desert in the middle of ukraine we have beautiful beautiful forests like lakes mountains like everything so um if you want to come travel it's also really cheap um it's unfortunately its economy is struggling so of course the tourism um is like one of the really good ways that we actually try to attract the foreign money to the country um and especially in the summer i think like i see a lot of tourists um, some of my friends came from the university. My coordinator came from Louisiana, and they all just loved it. When I get over my uh, uh, fear of flights or heights and planes, I may take you up on the offer and come see you. You know, but sure. I'm a, I'm a, you know, I'm a big guy, so me on in the air just kind of scares me. So I had to overcome that fear, but. And, and y'all actually in the Ukraine, sorry, in Ukraine, see, see how hard it is? Uh, in Ukraine, y'all have the coolest flag to me because uh, y'all have yellow and y'all have blue, but mm -hmm. it's like a baby blue. And baby blue is just like a good blue, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. it's beautiful. And, yeah, it's a, it's a beautiful flag. And you definitely uh, embraced us uh, with the Ukraine culture. But Julia, I, I just want to take this time to say that I'm very proud of you. Uh, it's just me stepping out of this being professional right now. I'm very proud of you. And uh, I've mm -hmm. seen you, you since you were uh, a little girl. Uh, sorry, excuse me, teenager. I mean, I'm a you know, teenager, gave you that. Mm -hmm. And just, I'm so glad that I, you, you were in my life because you taught me a lot. You taught me a lot about different cultures that I didn't know. Uh, because, like I said, as you said, that I thought Ukraine was part of Russia and didn't know this. And so, and that's mm -hmm. just, just imagine what other people think. 
you know, and I think something that you said earlier in the show is that, you know, we have to think that the world is bigger than just the United States and bigger than just Louisiana and then bigger than the Ukraine, I'm uh, sorry, bigger than Ukraine. And that taught me a lot. And that's the reason why I'm doing this show is because we need to understand each other and venture out to other cultures because you never know where you're going to be. You know, I'm pretty sure you never thought you would be in America, Louisiana. Nope, <laughs> uh, that's and stand with my sister. And just, that's just impactful. But the thing is, you learn from it and it made you a better purpose. And honestly, I think that what you went through with my sister and just living with her, that kind of prepared you for what happened this year because you had a better understanding. Yep, like definitely. And thank you. Like you, you thank me so much, but like also thank you for embracing my culture. I remember like your family was always super excited when I was cooking something Ukrainian, when I was bringing like your mom making the cakes in the shape like in the colors of ukrainian flag and everything that was so 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 meaningful for me and amazing and like i will always remember that and yeah thank you for embracing my culture and also for teaching me so much about your culture and history that otherwise like i would have never learned in my life and i would never had this amazing insider opportunity to get to know um you guys like better so yeah thank well, you you're welcome and i know that um <laughs> i i had to make sure you experienced the the american teenage culture fully when you came here and i didn't know that we weren't supposed to at the time but uh i took you driving <laughs> for your, on your birthday right. yes my last days in the u.s it's, it was fine that was fine and i was like you know you um, have you driven since then or Actually, not much, like barely. Uh, for the first time you drove, uh, that was, you did pretty good. Uh, so uh, yeah, I remember like hitting the uh, like curbside accidentally. <laughs> but but that happens when, you, when you're a first time driver. But I mean, if when you're 16 in America, that's a, the one thing you want to do. You want to drive. Like, I don't know why that's so important. I got my license and I even own a, my, my parents didn't even own a car when I had my license. So. That, that that goes to show how much it was that important to have the license at 16. And I, I found out later that we weren't supposed to uh, do that. So I, I'm sorry. But, but hey, you're, you're older now. We can sweep that under the rug. And one thing you mentioned earlier was how you got to America. And for those, and I'm pretty sure this is going to be spread out. Uh, this is, might be listened to in other countries. But uh, explain the importance of the program like Flex and why uh, high schoolers or students around the world should maybe uh, join this program? I feel like it's, um, so I feel like people just in general have to get out of their comfort zones and go travel, meet other people, um, preferably other countries. I know that not everybody has an opportunity to do so, unfortunately, in our economies and just the world is not built yet for people to be able to do that just on a regular basis. And now with Corona, like everything became so like closed, distant, like travel restrictions, everything. Um, but yeah, in terms of flex, I think it's it's a way of soft diplomacy for the U.S., which is, I think, the best and the smartest way they've been doing things in the way to 
build relations with Eastern Europe post-Cold War because the program was established in 1993. So just a couple years after the USSR broke up and after the Cold War was decla declared sort of like over. Um, and it's, it's just like whoever came up with the idea and I'm like blanking right now on the name of the, um, I think a congressman or a senator in the US government who was like, let's get the opportunity for the kids from the post-Soviet Union, from those former republics right now, young independent countries to come to the US to just like learn about US culture, about US problems, complexities, and then go and share that back home. But also when they are here, they can bring a part of their country and let Americans know. And it's sort of like a lot of host families saying that if they host a lot, and especially if they get kids from different countries and cultures, they say like, we don't even need to travel because the, these countries come to us. And I think this this is beautiful opportunity because it, it really lets the bo both sides to understand each other better, to understand the world as a whole better, to be exposed to different ideas and just to be more compassionate, I think. Um, as like for me, I see like as already said an immense impact on the way I see right now a black US culture, just because I was living with an African-American host family. Um, and if not this program, like I probably would have not cared, unfortunately, um, if I would be just like stuck in Ukraine, not getting out. And I really, really appreciate the knowledge it has given me. And I'm happy to hear also from you guys and the feedback that you're giving, like what you've learned about Ukraine. So just imagine if more people would do that, if more of those international ties would be building every year. Uh, just the world itself would become closer and better and hopefully nicer to each other. And yeah, for you also, Ukraine probably never meant anything, but now I, I hope when you hear something about Ukraine on the news, you always like feel like you're a bit closer to the country just because you know someone like me and the same way for me with the US obviously. So yeah, this is this is kind of like the main idea of the program and of all of this exchange happening. Wow, and uh, big shout out to Flex. And I, I wasn't a part of Flex, but definitely helped them out a uh, time yep. or two. And uh, I, I can't recommend that program enough, especially not just the students, but if you wanna be a host parent uh, to a foreign exchange student, uh, definitely look into it because it is a, uh, it's something that we didn't agree with my family, but I'm glad that we did. And we all pitched in to help out. And not just Julia's story, but other stories that I witnessed around Julia with her friends and working with the uh, program coordinator. So it's just a program that I think that most people should really try to do, uh, especially if you have a good heart, because it is it impacts people like Julia to become better people uh, in the world. So uh, wise words from a wise woman now. Uh, and Julia, uh, so thank you so much. And hopefully if you come back to America anytime soon, I know we were supposed to meet up, but you know, Corona didn't happen and kind of, uh, it just, it, it ruined the, it ruined the uh, reunion between us. So uh, I guess we have to come out there to you now, unless you come back anytime soon. But if you do, Julia, you have my contact information. Uh, I want to keep in touch and hey, yeah, you, you can come back on the show 
anytime you want to. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for inviting me. That's been a great experience and opportunity to share my experience and ideas. All right. Well, thank you, Julia, once again. And Julia, if you need anything from us, the show, you, need, you know, anybody that's listening, uh, let us know and we'll definitely take care of you. Okay. Thank you. Thank you. Kevin. Hey, everybody. Lee here. And guess what? The reviews are in and the Straight Up Show podcast is a hit. Don't believe me? Well, listen to what one of our guest panelists, Dr. Monique Thompson, has to say. Listen, y'all listen in to Straight Up and support this podcast because I listened in before I came on the show. I liked what I heard. They're really focusing on keeping things real and being real with you. And I like that approach. So you guys support this podcast. So if you want to listen, donate to the show, have a subject idea, or even want to be a guest, just contact us at straightupshow at gmail.com. That's straightupshow at gmail.com. That was a crazy interview, guys. I mean, uh, I learned a lot. I mean, that it's scary that people see America a certain way. I mean, it kind of take take you um, back to the reason why I really wanted to do the um, Asian uh, discrimination video uh, episode because I I knew that Asians when before they come over here, uh, they see us as see American as you know the picket fence, blonde haired people, blue eyes, uh, you know, cheerful. Everybody has money. Uh, you know, the American dream, you know, and they get here and, you know, not only are they <laughs> truly lied to, but now they're part of a system where they don't even get the respect and look, you know, uh, looked at as, uh, in a different way. And, and that's, that's, that's scary too. Cause I mean, these are people in Europe and just imagine all across the world and if they think this way, there are people in America who think the same way too. And that's the problem that we're having right now, Lee. Like we, these people have a bit misconception of, especially African-Americans. But uh, as Julia said, you know, she wasn't expecting to go to a African-American family and let alone in Louisiana. That is, wow, that's insane. But yeah, there's, there's a huge disconnect there between America and the American dream. And I, I mean, I, like like you were saying, it's people in America that also have this disconnect in addition to, you know, people on the outside looking in. And that's like, if we like, if we looked at ourselves through a foreign lens at like everything that, that's going on in this country, that's like, to me personally, that's a great moral compass of like what we need to fix. Because if you have like literally, literally unbiased outside observers seeing what's wrong with your country and able to point it out, then why wouldn't you listen to them even? Cause you know, they don't live here. They have, they have no dog in this race. Right. 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 And that's, that's so true. Like, and I'm, I want to touch on something that we talked about in our last episode uh, with uh, one of our guests. He was a cop in America. And like him, uh, I grew up in the projects and uh, he said that, he had to break the chains. And one thing he said about breaking the chains was that he grew up poor and, but he went to a school that was predominantly white to where it was so many different uh, cultures and different personalities. And he wanted to experience that life. So 
he reflecting on what he was going through at home and say, you know what, this is why college is important to me. This is why my education is important to me because I can see other cultures. And now he is uh, changed his life tremendously. And so that's what we have to do. We have to break the chains of what we see ourselves and what we're used to. And basically we have to be uncomfortable. And that's why we have this yeah. show is, is that we have to be, we try to make it as uncomfortable. I know that I teased a lot <laughs> on Facebook and on Instagram that uh, we're traveling to Europe. And a lot of you kind of caught the bait, but it, it was, once again, we used our imagination to get our point across. And it's because we want to make sure that we can think. You know, we're, we know that the, the European Union doesn't want us there, but we're thinking, we're getting uncomfortable because we have to see this thing out. We have to understand, okay, well, this country uh, is doing this. And one thing that one of uh, Lena said on the show was that, you know, something that doesn't matter to us and here in America, she's more mad that Americans don't take global warming and uh, eco uh, eco uh, care seriously. Because that, that matters True. to them in Europe. Like they, they, they worry about the ecosystem. And it's like, wow, you're worried about, you know, clean air and stuff like that. that that's, I promise you right now, 90% of Americans don't even care about that right now at all. So that's, that's something that we have to maybe consider and see how they're living. And while that, that's so much, you know, I, I haven't traveled much, but if you look at France, it's so clean and so green. And, you know, so we have to come out and talk about these uncomfortable uh, conversations because that's how we will grow. And that's how we'll stop seeing things like racism and, uh, hopefully we see the end of police brutality and things like that because the world and, and I'll quote President Obama and don't get mad because I'm pretty sure that you're going to get mad about this and Lee if they get mad they can go to our email at I uh, believe that is I do not care at gmail.com I don't care at gmail.com I do not care at gmail.com you choose one yeah we, <laughs> we, we don't want the I don't care people to get the to get our emails with that, that happens all the time it's so frustrating <laughs> but we're just joking with you but I want to leave you all with something that President Obama said uh, when he was helping the Syrians out uh, he said that America don't be so quick to judge because the world is watching and I think that the pandemic is right now is a reflection of his words because the world is watching and not just with the pandemic, but what's going on this whole year in 2020, the world is watching. So, I mean, I am proud to be an American. Yes. Uh, it, I wear my American pride uh, full front, but we have to realize that there anybody can fall. Any great country can fall. So we have to remain humble and just know that the world is watching us. So we're going to continue the conversation going, guys. We want to thank y'all so much for joining us. Uh, you can visit us uh, on our all social media platforms, uh, Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, uh, YouTube. And just make sure that if you have any questions, you can reach us at straightupshow at gmail.com. We also have, if you want to donate to the show as well, we have a cash app. It is Straight Up Show Podcast 318. That's cash app, Straight Up Show Podcast 318. If you want to contribute to our show, guys, hey, uh, season one's ending. Uh, how do you guys feel about it? God, it's it's, it's already that we just started. <laughs> yeah, we, we really did. I'm, yeah, I'm, it's just the beginning. So it is. Ride. Yeah, it's been a fun ride. It's just the beginning. 
and we won't stop. So we're going to keep it going. But we always ask you guys, there's only one rule to the show is, is that you have to be straight up. <laughs>